In the next minute or two, we're expected to head out to Arrowhead. Going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes right here on 610 Sports Radio. We haven't had a ton of time to – we didn't talk about the snow globe either. Snow globe. What a fun game. Oh, I love it. And by the way, if you're somebody that is saying it's it's a bad look, it's it's bad sportsmanship. Oh, it's definitely like twisting the knife, but good. Also, Teams should do that. Two, th- two things. Number one, the Raiders a couple years ago drove the buffs around Arrowhead. So, okay, let's stop with that crap. And then also, it was in the game. Inside the game, you can do anything in the NFL, and it's not it, – there, there's nothing for you to, to stop it. Stop it then. If you like, There's nothing for you to bitch and moan about in an NFL game if a team, as their breaking huddle, wants to put a little flair to it. Get it. What do we do? Since when are we going to be upset about that? That's stupid. It's to me, it is showmanship. It's it's like uh, disrespectful, right? Well, in sure. a way, but like in a way that sports are supposed to be. Uh, right. It's just like everything else. Anytime someone complains about these things, like, I can't believe they do something so disrespectful. Stop it. Right. Do something about it. You have a choice. Stop the play. Correct. Do do you know what? Because this is the thing. The Chiefs had an opposing fan base or an opposing team, the Raiders, take a victory lap around their stadium. And since then, guess what Kansas City did? Did something about it. The Raiders haven't beaten them since. They have beaten them in every single game since that moment. Last year, when the Raiders showed up and stomped on their logo, what did they do? They beat them. So if you you don't want the Chiefs doing a snow globe, pre-snap play before dropping a touchdown on your ass, then stop him because you got a second grab at it. That play itself didn't end up as a touchdown. The very next one did. You could have done something about it and your team wasn't good enough to, you know, you just want to talk and complain about things rather than put them away. This is a fairly easy decision, right? Like I don't, I don't care. I don't. And I also don't think that this goes back to the same thing as we talked about with like taunting. I don't think sports, have to be all like we're friends and you should be polite and nice. This is not like visiting your grandparents. You don't have to say please and thank you between, you know, it doesn't, you can do whatever you want just as long as they can't stop you from doing it. It also was just fantastic and watching it play out. I don't know if you on the telecast, they were showing the broadcast booth and then Lewis Riddick like points down at the field and they cut to it. We missed the initial live. We had to see the replay of it. We didn't get to see it happen live, which was kind of, a little, little disappointing, like because they were showing Levy and Riddick in the yeah. booth, whatever. But that was well, that's, literally this is what Andy circle. like. It's week eighteen, playoffs are on the horizon. It's been a long week. Like this is also what's good about Andy too. Like let the guys out there have some fun. I think even something as small as that. And, and Mahomes had mentioned that you know they had worked on it around Christmas time, and it's snow globe, but it's actually called something a lot longer. Mahomes was yeah. saying the well, fact the that right, and it was a phantom call holding call on Creed. I know, I know, that's, that sucks. It's not going to go down as a touchdown. Thinking of Andy though, let's go out to Arrowhead right now. Maybe Andy Reid. Well, we'll let you know. Nick, let me know. <laughs> we'll go. We'll, he was stepping up to the podium, and uh, as soon as he's actually talking. We will. Uh, was he just like <laughs> staring deeply into the camera? Hey, coach, we can hear you and we are ready. <laughs> okay, good. Um, don't have any injuries. I think we came out pretty clean on it. It looks like Frank's, uh, after his MRI, the groin looks uh, like it's more of a mild one and should be, be able to return after a little rest uh, that we have here. We'll give the guys a few days off and then 
reconvene here later. Recording in, in progress. Um, uh, reconvene later later in the week and um, uh, to, for practice. So, anyways, with that time, yours. You guys hear me? Yep, we've got you, Coach. Let's go first to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, uh, get a, first of all, and I'll have a follow-up uh, real quick, uh, just McCole Hartman, just an update on on where that sits and, and how optimistic a couple of weeks from now you are. Yeah, so I thought um, I thought he might be able to go this past week. That's a hiccup on my end. I mean, he, he um, he's trying. I mean, he's trying to get this thing right, and, and uh, it's just a matter of time, so really day-to-day. Although he feels better today than he did uh, on Saturday, so we'll we'll just see how it goes during practice. And then uh, just a follow up, uh, not not to I'm not asking you to critique the officials. I know how you don't uh, don't don't want to do that, but just you know, it, it is such a fast game. You had a, a tackle on Patrick Mahomes where you know Max Crosby sacked. He he had a good grip on the on the helmet, right? And the helmet's supposed to be part of the face mask. My question would be. Do you anticipate there being change next year to, you know, reviewing at least those, if you can't review everything the way we've heard Bill Belichick say that maybe that there'll be an umbrella of player safety or, or, you know, face mask type of things, uh, you know, are used that there could be a change in that. Yeah, sure. I mean, there, listen, I sit in on a lot of those meetings, so there, there's always change going to take place. I mean, it, uh, sometimes it's a lot, it's smaller than other years. Uh, but I know they'll go back and look, you know, the legal look at everything and competition committee will look at everything. So um, they, they do a pretty good job with all that stuff. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Coach, appreciate the time here. I'm wondering during this bye week when you're with the team and, and going through the game plan, are you game planning for multiple teams or is it one opponent that you guys kind of zero in on? How do you approach that when you kind of are, are waiting to know? Yeah, well, you try, you know, you don't know exactly, but uh, a couple of the teams we've played, a couple of teams we haven't. So, you, you know, we'll, we'll try to focus in on the ones we think that we have a chance to play most of all, but also cover all of them. And uh, while, while we have time with, the, I'm saying as a coaching staff, and then we'll narrow that down for the players uh, as we get them this week, um, you know, before we actually know for next week. So. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll just, we'll work on some things that we need work on. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach, similar question to Aaron. I know you've had the bye week a couple times now. In your experience, what's the best way to treat it when it comes to you know, the amount of rest you want when you guys get back in the mix? Just an outlook of your your week until Monday. Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that's, that's the trick to it is the balance. Um and then how the players utilize their, their free time. So, um, and, and coaches for that matter. I mean, we've got to make sure that we, we keep on top of, uh, the, the scheme stuff too. So, um, we'll just, we'll, we'll see how all that works out, but yeah, that, that, I tell you, that's a trick to it is to try to keep the balance where the players stay sharp and, and coaches, uh, still can add a couple of things into the guys, uh, into their mix. Um, and then we go from there. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. I um, was wondering whether it was a, 
a tough decision to activate Butker and have him be your guy on uh, in, in Las Vegas or whether that was a kind of a slam dunk, whether Harrison was feeling a lot better than he had been earlier in the week. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he was great with us communication wise. So uh, just like I'd say the same thing with McColl has been great with communication. So that ends up being important when guys are banged up a little bit. And so uh, Harrison uh, told us he felt good and we trusted him with it and went with it. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Coach. I have two quick questions for you. Um, the first is, how much do you think um, Patrick's experience in the playoffs will uh, better serve him and the offense? And then, Brad, I'll have a second question. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, um, experience helps. Um, it, it is single elimination. So, you, you know, everybody's got to be sharp. It's not not just Patrick. You know, we've all got to do our job and, and do it well, uh, knowing – you know, what the result is. So, um, I, but it sure, it doesn't hurt Pat to have the experience that he has. Yeah. Um, and lastly, coach, um, I know you addressed Justin Reed about his comments ahead of the Cincinnati game, but pretty much since that game on, he's probably played his best for the chiefs so far. I just wonder what you've noticed from him in the second half of the season. And obviously as being a, you know, a leader for the defense. Yeah, he's done a nice job uh, um, in both those areas. I mean, he's worked hard and um, it really, I, I think just being more familiar with the defense helps. Um, I've noticed that with all the veteran guys that come in, just uh, the familiarity of uh, what you're trying to do and get accomplished, I think, is important. And you get that through reps and normally it's game reps. So uh, when teams are throwing you little different things that you've got to make make some quick decisions on, uh, you know, with the options that you have within the, the scheme. So um, I, I think he's done a nice job there. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Obviously, this was a very unusual circumstance with the, the no contest between the Bills and the Bengals. And reportedly, the, the Chiefs abstained from voting on the proposal that ended up working it out. How did you feel about that as far as the, the equity across all the teams and, and you're getting the number one seed, but potentially having to play Buffalo at a, at a neutral site down the road? Yeah, listen, I, man, I, I was so tunneled in on, uh, on the Raiders at, at that time uh, when all this was going on. Um, I, I know uh, Clark and Mark and Brett, I have full trust in them and what they, what they were doing with it. I, my main focus was trying to make sure we stayed focused on that game on a short week. And so I didn't spend a lot of time worrying about where we were playing or not playing down the road. And, and you know, we, we've got to work on getting there. Uh, and that was more uh, of a, of a job for, for uh, the people I mentioned there to, to do. And they, I thought they did a good job. With it, so. so we have one more. We'll go last to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Andy, um, you, you were talking earlier about the sort of sense of balance when you have the bye week and how you, I think the implied point there is also the trust in the players. And I wonder, you know, if that's something by now that is overtly stated, uh, do you have to talk about that? It's it, how much it speaks to the culture you've developed that however you were able to handle that now with trust. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the guys, they, they understand all that. I mean, we met, we had a meeting this morning, team meeting this morning and, we, we 
covered what uh, you know is going what we're going to try to do attempt going forward here. So um, with, with practices and meetings and all that. So they they're uh, they're well aware of it and uh, they understand they understand the magnitude of where they sit right now and the opportunity that they have. There's not a lot of teams playing right now. Um, so, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity and you want to take full advantage of that the best you can. Coach, we appreciate the time. Right, that's, uh, yep. Andy Reed out at Arrowhead. Just the beginning, I guess, the most important thing you mentioned was the health of both McCole Hardman and Frank Clark. You said with Frank Clark MRI, it's like a minor groin injury at this point. So nothing severe. He should be able to return after a little bit of rest. They got, of course, a week and a half, two weeks to get him ready to go. So at this point, depending if they're Saturday or Sunday, right? Yeah. And as far as McColl, honestly, aren't we at the same, aren't we in the same position like this? Well, he's close. He's feeling better. He's, he, he's close. I'm, if he is not ready by this divisional round game, then well, this then has all been a lie and he's not been close at all <laughs> under any circumstance or he had another massive this, setback. Though. I will say this though. They wouldn't have activated him off IR if they didn't think he truly had a chance. Like it just wouldn't be smart, right? It wouldn't be smart roster wise. Sure. They wouldn't have activated him if they didn't think there was a chance. He'd play. Divisional round, title game, Super Bowl, if he's not available for one of those, right? That, so I, I do think they think he's he's available yeah. at some point over the next still two, three weeks. But if he's not playing the divisional round game, it will be kind of ridiculous almost to a certain extent. But let's go out to Arrowhead again and hear from uh, Patrick Mahomes. Plenty of Andy and how he operates. And I, I, I'm curious what you think the key to uh, all the success he's had after a bye week has been. Obviously, the playoff bye week is a different thing. But but I think some things are probably kind of consistent uh, with that. Yeah, yeah, I think um... – he has a great balance of the amount of time he gives guys off and the amount he gets guys in there to get them moving um, and prepare for that next week. Um, and then obviously the coaches do a great job of game planning. Um, I'm sure this week uh, they'll game plan like three or four different teams and, and try to get a good game plan uh, to the guys early in the week so they can uh, execute it at a high level. And then he goes out there and we just, we do what we usually do, man. And so uh, he just has a great feel for the amount of time he gives guys off and the amount of time he has them in the building. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, appreciate the time here. Among the many numbers we've been seeing is most yards ever for a quarterback. I'm just wondering if you have a favorite play from the regular season. I know the playoffs coming up, whatever, but bookending this regular season, if you have a favorite play that stands out to you. Yeah, my, my favorite play uh, probably will be the one that Jet down in Denver, just because uh, it was it was one where I legit did not think I was throwing the ball at all. I was just trying to get the ball in my hands as quickly as possible. And then seeing it on uh, – seeing it on the TV copy of it and seeing how it looked, it looked sweet. So uh, that was probably my favorite play of this season so far. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Patrick, this isn't the first time you've had a, a playoff buy. I just was curious, how's the best way for you to spend it? I know that the guys will get a day off, but you personally, how do you feel like you most benefit from this, this week here? Yeah, the biggest thing for me is obviously you don't know for sure who you're going to play. Um, so what I'll do is I'll watch like a game or two of each team that we have a possibility of playing kind of each day, uh, just kind of get a general sense of the, of the team without being too much of a deep dive. Um, luckily, two of the teams we've already played this year, so um, we, I have a general sense of them already. Um, but uh, you do that, I can make sure you get work, stay, stay working out, stay moving around, not just sit on the couch all week. Um, and uh, then then when we get ready to go next week, I just, I just try to be prepared and ready to roll. So uh, just a little bit of both. You get off your feet and you rest, but you still move around enough that your body's in a good shape for whenever you get to the, the, the first playoff game for us. So next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. 
Patrick, with uh, so many young guys, so many new receivers, of course, I just wonder from your perspective what you feel like you learned the most about your teammates throughout the course of the season that you think will um, either prepare you or, or give you a better edge in the postseason. Well, I think uh, the way we play football games, I know the guys are willing to fight to the end. I mean, we've, we had a lot of close games this year where we had to step up and guys had to step up in big moments. And even though it doesn't make it easy as a fan watching it, it I think it, it shows that we have guys that will compete at the end of the games and make these plays uh, to win football games. And so uh, you're going to need that in the playoffs. I mean, playoff games, I mean, they're, they're rarely uh, uh, more than even one score game. It always comes down to the very end. And uh, luckily that we've been in those games and, and we have guys that we trust that can go out there and make plays when they count. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Brad, and I'll have a follow-up. Uh, Patrick, uh, stat came out today. You're the oldest uh, starting quarterback from the AFC. Uh, you're not old, but you're the senior member. Uh, I I'm wondering, you know, not just I – I know you don't feel old at your age, but your life's changed, and it is kind of a, a, a different era for you, right? It's, it's, it's not new anymore for you. I'm, I'm wondering how it feels right now, if it feels different because of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's changed. I have two kids now. I'm married. Uh, I'm kind of an old soul. Old soul. So uh, I am kind of the oldest. I am uh, literally the oldest quarterback in the AFC. It speaks to the talent that we have in the AFC. Um, and uh, the guys that it looks I'm looking around that are going to be there for a long time. So I'll be the old head in the AFC for a while now. Um, and uh, I'll try to use that experience uh, to my advantage. Uh, and then the other one is, uh, I'm curious how you guys, how you feel you're playing. You know, there was maybe some people nitpicking, right? Wins are all that matters. You're the one seed. A lot of people talking about the close, uh, close wins, maybe not covering spreads. Just consider, what do you, what do you consider the mindset of this team and, and how well you guys are playing right now headed into the playoffs? Yeah, I think we're playing, I think we're playing well, man. I mean, defense has stepped up, played really good these last few weeks. Offensively, we've had good spurts. Obviously we feel like we can play even better. I mean, I always feel like we can play better as an offense, but, uh, we we guys, it's coming from everywhere. We you know, Kadarius is having big games. Sky's getting involved. Um, we, obviously, Travis. We have guys everywhere getting involved, making plays happen. And so, uh, like you said, a win's a win. Uh, we're, we're worried about winning, not covering spreads. So uh, we'll try to keep that momentum rolling and uh, get a win this week or this next week, actually. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Patrick, just looking back in retrospect over this regular season, how do you think? the new group of receivers surrounding you sort of changed the way you operated this year? Yeah, I think it just changed me in a sense that you, you get a lot of different personalities and uh, you have to kind of motivate guys in different types of ways and, and, and keep guys going with the culture and how we do things here and, and see the bigger picture. Um, and so for us, I think the biggest thing for me and being becoming a better leader was I had to just learn that. Uh, I've been with guys I've been with my entire career and I knew them uh, personally, and so building those relationships with guys off the field and on the field, it helped me uh, become a better leader and a better quarterback uh, uh, every day. Last two, we'll go Adam and then Matt. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick. Um, I know this is kind of a secondary concern because you're trying to win a Super Bowl, but I was just wondering what another MVP award would mean to you if you get that. And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, MVP award is a special award that uh, that you ought, that if you get it, I mean, you'll cherish that for the rest of your life, and I will for sure. Um, it's something that I think you look back back at more at the end of the season or at the end of your career, and you think about those great times that you had. I mean, uh, it's a trophy that symbolizes the team that was around you, and so you think about those memories you have with those guys, and how you went to battle with them, and, and were able to get win a lot of football games. And so, like you said, I mean, we're focused on the Super Bowl right now and trying to get there and win it. Um, but obviously, it'll be a, still be a big moment in my life that I'll be able to forever remember.
Yeah, would you maybe have a better appreciation for this one than the last one, given maybe you understand how, how difficult it is now? Yeah, no, I, I definitely joke. I've joked with guys about it before, and I think uh, winning the MVP or, or, or winning the Super Bowl again, I'll have a greater appreciation for because I've been through the trials and the struggles of losing. Um, and that first year, I uh, my first year starting, it was – it was fun. I, I didn't know what was happening. I was just throwing the ball around, and you win the MVP, and I'm like, oh, this is what we do every year. I mean, we win MVPs. We get to the uh, AFC Championship games and win Super Bowls. Um, and now that I've been in the struggle, um, I'm obviously not winning the MVP, but losing the AFC Championship games, losing Super Bowls, um, it builds a greater appreciation for the grind and how you have to come every single day to work not knowing that you're going to be at the top at the end of the season. And so uh, uh, we have a mindset that we're going to try to go and, and win that Super Bowl again. And, I, and that, that award and the MVP award uh, both would be appreciated way more if I, if I was able to get those. I think Sam had a follow-up, and then we'll go to you, Matt, last. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, yeah, Patrick, I had the same question I asked you just, just about Coach Reed as well, which is could you sense, whether it be excitement, um, motivation, knowing that you guys were going to have to be different this year and just how you, got, how he, you saw him approach this year? Um, I, I mean, obviously he, he approaches every year with the mindset of how can we make every person on the team better? Um, but, uh, I think he's, he's built this culture. I mean, regardless, I mean, he knows how to get the best out of every single person in this building. Um, that's why I wasn't worried at the beginning of the year, if we were going to be good. And I, I told, I think I told all y'all, I said, I mean, I've seen coach Reed go an entire season without throwing a touchdown to a receiver and, and, and still winning like 11 games, man. I mean, he, he knows how to win, win football games. He knows how to set a culture and get the best out of every single person on his team. Um, and so I knew if I just did what he said and I got the guys to follow along with me, um, that we were going to win a lot of football games. And, uh, now we just want to keep building and try to find a way to get to the Super Bowl. We'll ask to Matt, Derek. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, uh, and two questions, if you don't mind, Brad, but first, Patrick, you know, kind of like Adam asked, you did get the NFL record for total offense in a season this year. Uh, does that, do those things like that still give you a kick? And did you hear from Drew, Drew Brees or anybody else about that? I haven't talked to Drew about it yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it's obviously cool. Uh, I, I, I got the extra game. So until a, a couple more seasons are played with that 17th game, I guess uh, I'll have that record. Um, but uh, at the same time, that stuff you appreciate after your career is over. I mean, stuff you think about after the season, and you and you look back on it and think about how how cool that was. But when you're in season, man, you're just so focused on the next game and the next opponent um, that you have to just kind of let that stuff kind of go by. And I know you said after the game Saturday that you know the number one seed situation is kind of weird. Now you know that if you and Buffalo make it to the AFC Championship game, they'll be on a neutral field. Was that resolution you think fair for you? And you know what would be the thoughts of playing a game like that in a neutral site? Yeah, I mean not, nothing was going to be fair for anybody. I, I don't think. I mean it's such a, a situation that we never accounted um, encountered before. Um, but um, at the end of the day, man, I, I was so happy that uh, Demar was doing better, um, and that and that that's that's the most important stuff. Um, and so him doing better and him him being in a better spot, uh, we were we were ready to do whatever scenario was going to happen. And so. Uh, if that was neutral side, if that was going there, whatever it was, man, we were just ready to go out there and play, but we have to win our first game first. And so we'll just worry about uh, whoever we play in that first round or that or first round for us. Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, that's Patrick Mahomes out at Arrowhead here on 610 Sports Radio. He always says the right things, man. That is always. the right thing. He yeah, said always wasn't going to be fair yeah. for anybody. At the end of the day, I'm just happy DeMar's doing better. We would have... <laughs> done whatever to yeah. make it right no i'm just saying like yeah his, his whether it was his post-game answer i'm just talking about in general throughout his career like he always he always says the. he's the careful right you could yeah. almost clock his yeah. answers to like 17 seconds each yeah. he's very careful 
All right, let's go. No, we're not going back out there. Okay. All right, let me know on that. All right. <laughs> I think we'll hear Justin Reed here in, in, in another minute or so. The other part of it is he's right. He mentioned this maybe like week eight or nine. Someone had asked him a little bit about the Super Bowl run, and he said very similar answer, which is, oh, no, I'm going to appreciate a lot more. And it's yeah. funny for hear him talk about struggles versus others. All right, let's go out and hear from Justin Reed. You personally, and really the def- defense as a whole, is settling in here. Not that you weren't playing good at the you know different parts of the season, but really in, in this last game, any rhyme or reason to why it feels like you're entering the playoffs and and such a, a strong note? Yeah, I mean, this is the time of year that you want to get hot. I mean, there's a lot of new faces coming into this defensive system. Um, like I said at the beginning of the year, um, that the playbook was deep, and you know, really the best way to get experience is just through reps. So our young guys have been getting a lot of reps under their belts. Like I said earlier, they're no longer rookies or first-year players. Uh, me, myself, got a lot of reps under the belt now. Um, and started settling to the system and really know what the coaches are driving for and what they want us, uh, the defense, to look like. So it's coming together at a good time. We were able to finish the regular season on a high note, and we're going to have to take that momentum with us whenever we start approaching this first game of the playoffs. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Hey, appreciate the time here. Pat just kind of told us that, you know, you all were ready to play wherever as far as the scenarios were concerned and what they were, what the league decided on doing with uh, the AFC title game and the no contest. Can you kind of walk me through what your mindset was as this whole thing was kind of shaking out and then kind of how you see it with y'all being the one seed going forward? Yeah, um, actually, you know, for a player, it's, you know, for me, it's pretty simple. You know, we can't control any of those extenuating circumstances. We can't control where we play, when we play. The only thing we control is how we play and to be ready for that moment whenever that happens. So um, however the de- the cards are folded on the table, we're going to be prepared for it. Um, it was fortunate for us that we were able to get the number one seed. Um, that's something that we aim for at the beginning of the season. So um, congratulations to our team on being able to do that. And, you know, wherever we end up playing next, however these scenarios play out, wherever that location and time is, we're going to get ready to play and we're going to play. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Justin, as a quick follow-up to, to Pete's question, and you, you mentioned all the moving pieces back there on the defense, especially on, on defensive back group. What point of the season do you think the light bulb came on and you were able to take some of the stuff that happened early in the season to, to get you to where you are now? Yeah, you know, throughout the year, I felt like we were always very close. It just ends up being like a play here, a play there, um, a couple inches away each time. Um, say around the start of December, the confidence level in the room really started to take off. And, you know, guys were really confident in not only their own play and their teammates play, um, trusting each other that we're going to take care of our responsibilities and being able to play off each other. Um, and you see that, and especially in this last game right here, all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, were able to end on a high note. So uh, that's big for us momentum-wise. Um, we're going to have to continue to build on that. And we know that the road is only going to get tougher from here, so we're going to have to bring our best football um, going into when we play these playoff games. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Um, just in the, I think the first 12 games, you guys had 12 takeaways. Uh, you've bumped that up to eight over the last five games. And I know that was something that uh, Steve Spagnuolo talked about was maybe the next evolution. He, he mm. pointed out some of your young DBs, not just being in position, but being in position, get your head around, be in position to make a play. Uh, you know, do you think you were maybe a little snake bitten at, at getting some of the takeaways? Maybe you guys were due. Or, or do you think this is uh, more than just a trend and more than just based upon maybe the level of opponent you've had that, yeah. that you guys can consistently take it away? Yeah, well, you know, throughout this league, it's funny scenario, man. Like, when they tend to come, they tend to come in bunches. So if I had to choose any time for year for them to really start getting hot, um, of course, we want to choose right now for the turnover, uh, that turnover machine to start kicking into action. So 
Um, really been ball savvy. Coach Spagnola and all the defensive slow coaches are really focused and harped on getting the ball out each year. But as the level of the defense and confidence of the defense has risen, um, we're able to make a couple more of those plays and have the ball swing our way. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Justin, thanks for doing this. Um, my question is about you, Juan, and Brian. Um, there was so much talk when the season began about how you guys were going to be interchangeable. Um, how much do you think you guys have obviously gelled as a, as a core together and what you guys might present um, in the postseason through playing experience? Yeah, complete confidence in each other. Um, Three-headed snake, all very smart players, understand route concepts, understand defense. Um, Juan has been here uh, going into his fourth year, but Brian Cook and myself um, can all play both roles. You know, Brian come in and sometimes be in Ron's role, sometimes be in my role throughout training camp, even took some dime reps too. So we're confident in him being wherever he needs to be. Um, and like I said, like, as the experience and the reps under the belt have started to um, accumulate, um, you're starting to see that that value start to turn out on the football field. And it's a good time for it to happen. And we'll go last to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Justin, another quick follow-up to the earlier question. You, you mentioned the start of December is when it started to come together. So safe to say after the Bengals game is when y'all had like little mini discussions and said this is what we need to do going forward. Yeah, I mean, that's the game we wanted to win. Um, very competitive team, talented roster they have over there. And that was also a moment for ourselves that we wanted to take it. Um, and we didn't want to have another loss after that. So we're able to keep that going. Obviously, these next three games, we want to focus on the first game first. But uh, it's a new season at this point. We have to go one and know each week. And we got to bring that same attitude mentality um, since that week with us the rest of the year. Justin, we appreciate the time. Okay. Thanks for that. Is Justin Reed out uh, at Arrowhead? And yeah, since the the comments that he made, since the the loss to Cincinnati, he individually and the defense. I understand opponents are a little bit different too, but he's played his best football. He has. <laughs> well, in that game, his coverage was fine. That's why he came out on Twitter after, <laughs> even after saying I would have done things differently, and then kind of doubled down, as it were, the following yeah. day on those comments, but it was like the missed tackles and some of the miscues on defense that day that made it hard because the chiefs we'd said that they did in training camp and they have stuck to it. There is a reason why Justin Reed is talking today and not another member of the, this is what it, it's the money in the bye week. They had the head coach, the leader of the offense and in the chief's mind, the leader of the defense come speak at the podium. So he, by the chief's estimation is the single most important player for the chiefs from a spoken standpoint. They expect him to put yeah. people in the right place. If the defense has miscues, similar to how we would have blamed Tyron Matthew, we should be looking towards Justin Reed because those guys typically come in either the linebacker or the secondary group. Chris Jones is their single best player on defense. He's dominant. Yeah. He plays interior defensive line. He can't put everybody Correct. where they're supposed to go. Justin Reed has bigger other player responsibilities yeah. than Chris Jones does. Really smart player. I understand the comments weren't smart, you know, a month or whatever ago it was. But he's backed but, up uh, since but, uh, then. But as a football player and to your point, having to, to help navigate that defense and everybody in the right spot as well. Hey, man, Nick Bolton, you, you have to be a pretty intelligent football player in order to, to not only take care of your own business, but uh, do what they're asking Justin Reed to do. And well, he's right. They have interchanged. I mean, Brian Cook, obviously the snaps aren't nearly the percentage what you see from, of course, a Reed or a Thornhill. But Brian Cook, in the spots that they give him, I think you, there's reason to still feel optimistic also what they're getting from Brian Cook heading into next season. Well, especially in Justin Reed's case where they are surrounded by young players. Brian Cook, 
rookie Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, Trent McDuff. I mean, I can go through the list again if we want, but we know how many rookie defensive players the Chiefs are counting on this year, which means veteran players are going to hold some weight here because they're counting on you to make sure everyone else knows what they're doing is a lot of it. And I'll give them, again, I'll give them a lot of credit. We came on and we had said that probably wasn't the best way to say it, especially if you weren't going to back it up specifically. He had, in a game where his coverage skills were good, and they were in that one in Cincinnati, there were moments when you saw him on the field making mistakes. And that was difficult timing considering the timing of his comments. But since then, and to all of his credit, you're right. He's been one of the best defensive players. He has held a secondary together. They're playing their better defense. I don't think that that's insignificant. Back to the Mahomes part of it, a little bit yeah. we were talking about, like where he's talking about like how much more those things would mean. Of course they would. It's just funny for a player like him to describe, I've now gone through failure because failure to Mahomes is just getting to an AFC title game and losing or getting to a Super Bowl and losing. That's what he's <laughs> describing as being coming up. That's what he's describing as failure. I just want, like, as a reminder in Kansas City, just briefly, as we sit here for a week where the Chiefs don't have a bye, Mahomes is describing the failure that will make winning a Super Bowl and MVP more sweet this time than the last time is it was too easy the last time. Now, that I've gone through the tribulations, which in his account are losing an AFC title game and losing a Super Bowl, I will respect those things more. But if you think about the beginning of his career, he's in the first two years, he steps onto the scene, and all of a sudden he's an MVP. Oh, my God. And then the very next year, you get the sweet win a Super Bowl. It probably did seem like it was gangbusters, like nothing could go wrong. I'm going to win a million games, and I'm going to win a million of these. And he's come up short a couple of times, and it's clearly stuck with him. It's it's wild though if you if you do think come about up just it. short yeah I mean and they're on the verge again of this year they're a win away and a Buffalo loss away from hosting their fifth straight AFC title game the key part there not only them winning Buffalo has to lose to host it but still Honestly, either, playing either in way, five straight AFC five title games nuts. is also playing in five straight playing AFC five title games is a lot nuts. you have a chance still to host it and if you don't host it for a fifth straight it's only because the neutral site things in there. Like that's, that's what's nuts. Absolutely nuts about it. And as uh, he was asked about too, you know, he's it because of the talent uh, of the AFC. When we were breaking down the NFC versus AFC, he's the o- oldest quarterback in the postseason for the AFC at 27, 35. He's 27 going on 28 soon. Called himself an old like, head. That's nuts. It really is. Well, that, that does, as he pointed out, and we've said before, that really just kind of speaks to the talent of the AFC sure. quarterback field right now. All those teams that had to take quarterbacks in the top 10, turns out a lot of them got it right. I mean, I know there's a couple that got it wrong, but there were a lot that got that decision right. Which will be interesting when we see, you know, the Texans were in line for the number one pick. They they beat the Colts, so they fell back down. And right now, the number one picks the Bears, an NFC team who's not going to draft a quarterback because they have Justin Fields. We assume they're going to trade down. And maybe a team like the Colts wants to trade up. Maybe a team like the Texans tries to trade up. If you're really nitpicking and you're trying for perfect scenarios, if, you, if you're a Bryce Young believer or a C.J. Stroud believer, if you're trying not to continue to crowd the AFC, you're hoping that an NFC team, Cody, drafts Bryce Young or an NFC draft team drafts C.J. Stroud, not an AFC team, if you're really nitpicking and looking for perfect scenarios. Well, yeah, I would like some other quarterbacks to end up in the NFC. I don't think that that's, yeah. that's absurd. Get some, young, young, some of the young star quarterbacks in the NFC, please? Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be fine. Get them somewhere else. Just get them out of the AFC. <laughs> Right now, it's and it's it's funny because like it's not like they were unheralded guys that burst onto the scene. Burrow's the number one overall pick. Herbert was picked in the top twelve. Mahomes was picked in the top ten. They were all taken. Lamar Jackson was at the end of the first round, but still a first round pick. 
Tua was a first round pick. He was taken in the top five. He's taken one spot ahead of Herbert. Yeah, it's like they're all like they're all not unheralded guys, right? Someone didn't just like luck into the six. No, they all got to pick in the top twelve, and they all took apparently good quarterbacks in that range. It's weird. It's weird that the dichotomy between the two conferences feels more jarring than normal to me. Like it feels like there's a real dichotomy yeah, between too... how they're structured. It's all first yeah. round picks taken in the top 10 versus, Hey, we took everyone after the third round in this one. It just feels so weird. I mean, a huge chunk of it is because of the, the AFC and the youth there at the quarterback spot, but also is, or do we view the, is it, Viewed the are we viewing the NFC that way because of the talent on the AFC, or is it also that hey Brady finally is looking his age, Rodgers is getting older, not in the postseason this year. Sure, some of it's that. you know the, their big young up and comer of course is Jalen Hurts, the guy that's going to probably finish second in MVP if not third in MVP voting behind Burrow and Mahomes. I think Hurts might finish second. We'll see. Burrow's hurt by not playing the game. Weirdly enough, yeah, no, absolutely. There was a chance he could have at least narrowed Close the gap, narrowed the, the margin. Yeah, and and that's not something that. Uh, is, is was possible, right? The, the game didn't happen. But other than Jalen Hurts, you don't look at the NFC. Maybe you're buying into Justin Fields, but let's be honest, he's still only like there's still only won three games. I mean, there long ways there's, to go before I think Justin Fields is automatically seems, in the young up and coming quarterback. Like, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems yet. rare that the team with the number one overall pick feels really good about their quarterback situation. But yeah. somehow Chicago is talking themselves I into mean, that if, combination. If, if you're a Bears fan, though, it was. It, it really, it was, it's weird to say for a three, one team, but it was a dream season. You think you found your quarterback. Um, you can now surround him with talent. You got a hundred million dollars yep. to spend and you're the number mm-hmm. one overall pick. Yeah. I mean, having control of you are going to be the biggest player in the draft. You are going to be the biggest player in free agency. And you think you like your quarterback. Ryan Poles, pretty good situation. Obviously came from the chiefs organization. He's got a fun off season ahead. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot to play with. Got some money, got some draft capital. They might be able to trade down twice. They're probably just like the only thing that would make them feel better is if they had like the coach. And we don't know because of where their talent was. Right yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, but if they all of a sudden, if if you had turned, they had Sean Payton, you'd be like, okay, well, they're in good shape here. You know, like there's only a couple of questions. Coach and quarterback, two pretty important ones. But the quarterback one left them feeling so much better than they had in a long time this year. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending, including a little bit more on the coaching carousel. A couple of coaches fired in the last 24 hours and the favorite storylines coming out of week 18. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload a football <laughs> tweet. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's it's go time. Six ten Sports Radio. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics trending. trending. Number one on what's trending? We of course know the playoff field that set the path for the Chiefs. Some idea of it now. They're going to be off this weekend. They'll be back in action. Uh, tomorrow, or excuse me, next weekend uh, when they determine uh, the eventual day of the game, right? So next weekend, Saturday or Sunday, they'll take on the winners of most likely the Jags in Charger game. There's a chance, I guess, they could play the Dolphins if they upset the Bills, or if uh, those Ravens Those are the two teams they've actually played this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's nice to have the playoff field set. Uh, Currently, the Chargers are slight favorites over the Jags in their particular game. The Bills are 10.5-point favorites 
over the Dolphins. So it just kind of gives you an idea of where things are. Oh, right now, the projected starter is Skylar Thompson. And Raheem Mostert broke his hand or something. I would think back. Tua would be a 2.3 point swing, but, but Buffalo would still be a more than touchdown favorite in that game, no matter what happens. Next up on Watch Training, Black Monday hasn't been so bad for every coach yet. Lovey Smith was fired late last night, according to Adam Schefter. And then Cliff Kingsbury, the first to go out of the round today. Now it's just a matter of who of the coaches we expect to be in trouble will still be around. Will Sean McVay decide to walk away? Obviously, he can keep his job if he want. Reportedly, Dennis Allen is expected to get a second year in New Orleans, which I do not understand. But I also didn't understand why he got the job in the first place. Screw it. If you're going to hire a guy for a year, you might as well give him two years. But that team was a mess. They're a mess. And they're not in a good position. So Dennis Allen likely to be there as well, according to reports. But now we're just waiting to find out who else might get canned. I think what also probably keeps Dennis Allen's job is he's in a division with the Bucks, who won't have Tom Brady next yeah. year. He weren't very good. The Panthers, we don't know. They were 7-10. and 10. You were 7-10. stuck and in ten. limbo. I don't think that's Atlanta, the worst job ever to take. But yeah, yeah. Atlanta 7-10, kind of in an unknown spot with Desmond Ritter, who finally got his yeah. first touchdown. Uh, in, in, in that game yesterday. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird spot that everybody's in. How about uh, local college basketball? All three local schools are ranked. Kansas in the new poll, number two in the country. It's the Kansas State Wildcats going from unranked all the way up to 11th in the Someone country. Someone had them ranked fourth. Yeah, somebody voted them. fourth yeah. in one of the polls. Which is wild, but they absolutely deserve to be ranked. Win against Baylor. Obviously, a win against Texas last week. Jerome Tang's got that team 14-1. and one. As they move up, you know, 15 plus spots. No offense. If you beat two of the other teams in the top 25 on the road yeah. in the same week and you were already a French top 25 team, 11 doesn't seem like that big of a stretch. The last yeah. time all three of these teams were ranked at the same time was 2014. So no, Jerome Tang. It's been eight years. And Dennis Gates. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Missouri. They've done a great but job. Both have done a, been a, a great job. I just Kansas State, the spot that they're in. Much like we discussed with Missouri, like you start doing the math on where you're already at win total wise and the conferences you both are in. Yeah. The expectation, the bar at tournament for both. Next up on what's trending the Casey current at a huge player, 2022 MVP finals, Dabinia to a two year deal. She was reportedly considering Arsenal or one of the other big MLS clubs in Orlando, but a top five player in the ML or I'm sorry, in the NWSL last season is heading over to the KC current. You know, look, there are a lot of teams who say they're about trying to win a championship. That seems like the KC current are pretty serious this year. I would say sporting almost got Ronaldo and then the KC current got a <laughs> top five thing. player in the MLS. That Ronaldo thing was pretty wild. I want it to come true retro well, well, like yeah. now because it was, it would have been, well, yeah, if we'd been sitting here in the middle of the show and have been like, and the sporting Kansas city has signed <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. I'd have been so confused, but Dabini has a huge ad for the KC current future season ticket member gold. We'll uh, maybe, are you going to bump it up? New stadium. You're not going to bump it up this year now that they got Dabinia? No, new stadium. Waiting for the new stadium. I have a deposit down you for the tickets. You can be a season ticket holder now. I, I have a deposit down for the, the tickets in the new stadium. I said I'm sticking with new stadium. Mm. Okay. You want to see the new digs? You should take your dog. You should get season tickets. Go take your dog. My kids have been to a Casey Kern. Yeah. You I don't have them. enough time for season tickets to take my kids out. Yeah. They have many activities. She's up to three dance classes on Tuesday. We're literally there from like five to eight. Sounds terrible. Next up on what's trending, <laughs> national title game. And you said I would be, he'd be a better parent than me. That's what you said earlier all in the said show. Is that sounds terrible. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. 
honesty. That's key to being a great parent. <laughs> uh, national title game tonight, 6.30 kickoff at SoFi Stadium. It'll be Georgia and TCU, the Georgia Bulldogs, 13.5-point favorites over the Horned Frogs. Obviously, TCU's been doubted the entire season. Nobody thought they were going to beat Michigan a week ago. Georgia's certainly a step up. They do everything Michigan did, but better. They're, they're not going to make the same dumb mistakes, I would imagine. They're not going to uh, be as poorly coached as I thought Michigan was a week ago. But I do think TCU can cover the 13.5. I think they keep this closer. Um, I'm certainly hoping that's the case as well. Um, but Georgia, going to go back-to-back, man. Most likely. They've been the best team in college football by a mile for two years. So it doesn't seem shocking at this point. Lastly, on what's training, the Royals announced a slight scheduling change for the upcoming season. Weekday day games, or sorry, weekday games that take place April, May, and September will have a 30-minute earlier start time instead of the traditional 7:10 first pitch, which have been in Kansas City for the last few years. 6:40 is when those games will have their first pitch. That's what's trending here on Cody and Gold. A text from the 913, 913-586-7610. All my friends with kids also do nothing but complain about things they have to do for them. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it seems like a lot of a lot of stuff just moved around. Yeah, very busy. And she only lets me take her to dance, so I'm out there for three hours. Yeah, you know, you're the adult. Maybe you could step up and say, yeah. hey, do you want to go to dance or not? Is that your just mom's gonna taking, be the, taking you to dance tonight, forever? honey? Why can't I why can't you just do nice things for your kids that make them comfortable? <laughs> At some point, your wife's gonna have to take her to dance. It's gonna have to happen. Yeah, it's like it has. It's like sometimes <laughs> she some gets point, over it. At some point, you take the training wheels off the the bicycle. You know what I mean. At some point, you take the you know. And I don't think kids have to. I don't think you know, kids have to, to grow to up quote, too soon. Man. Hey, to quote Dick Vermeil, a legend. By the way, I think he's a legend. Gold thinks he's a legend. Uh, he is. Hall to of quote him, it's time to take the diapers off. Yeah, Larry. Time to take the diapers. It's an all-time off. I can't believe he said that about Larry Johnson. <laughs> so good. So good. Being a Chiefs fan was different than. I would say for a lot of people. Oh man, wasn't it just last week? The last home game, Dick Vermeil was yeah. banging the drum. But Broncos yeah. game, yeah. He had him in town with Car- Carl Peterson was in town for that as well. Yeah, kind of cool. I was there, but I was so far away from the field that I could hardly see. It's like ten rows back. Oh, you were so close to the field you couldn't see the drum. Have deck. you even no, ever? Was... Have you even ever sat in the upper deck of any stadium ever? Oh, dude, as it's a matter the fact, only place I you sit. like sit behind the bench at Kansas games. You're like ten rows no, back no, at Arrowhead. No, no, you complained when we sat upper tank at Cobb. Have you ever even sat no, upper deck for a full game? Place. It's the only place I'll sit, honestly, because <laughs> when I go to games, it's not about sitting with the hoity-toity wine and cheese crowd. It's <laughs> about sitting with the real fans. That's who I want to go to games and be surrounded by. Do you remember like what happened the in the game? Like when you go to games, do you remember what actually happened in the games? Well, no, it's hard to see the field. Oh. So like a, a lot of times I'm asking, hey, do we have the ball? Like, <laughs> is that a touchdown or an interception? Because you're so, when you're up yeah, there, yeah. you're so far away mm-hmm. from the field. I need to get mm-hmm. some binoculars, honestly. Yeah, some Bushnells. Huh? Yeah, that would help me sort of follow the action a little more. You ever brought binoculars to a sporting event? I used to have these things I would take when I was in college called barnoculars. What? They were fake binoculars when you unscrewed the... Uh, <laughs> like, a, uh, it was a flask? Yeah, there were two <laughs> flasks. There were two eight-ounce flasks. You would unscrew the, the cap where you would look into, and then there was a, a flask on each side. I also had something called a beer belly. This Once one again, wasn't, right back to Nick's drinking problems. This wasn't and quite so good. Why right he's doing dry January. So this one wasn't quite as good. It was called a beer belly. You could put it. It was a giant plastic suit. You that didn't you would, wear that. I wore it to oh a KU game gosh. one time. Um, and you would. You, oh, it only worked in cold weather because unless you had a big body, which I yeah. didn't, obviously. So I would have to 
put it on and put like a jacket over it and you could just fill it with beer. It held like eight beers in it. And it would just sit there with like one of those camelback sort of straws and just guzzle beers down the whole game. How's dry January going? You still sticking strong? Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a dry weekend, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. You doing all right? Yeah, I feel healthy. Don't I look healthy? Don't I look radiant? Am I not glowing? glowing? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, week 18 in the books. Obviously, it is all about the playoffs now. But there was some, like, you look at some of the coaching decisions and, of course, the repercussions from some of those, and it's pretty wild, starting with the Texans, right? Uh, you have Lovey Smith and the Texans beat the Colts, so it cost the Texans organization the number one overall Knowing pick. Knowing they were going to fire him, If, if they want the number one overall pick, now they have to trade up to get it, which is hilarious, by when the way. they could have just knelt on a two-point conversion or kicked the extra point and yeah, kick the saw extra- what the yeah. overtime brought. I think we're all convinced that Lovey Smith, of course, knew he was getting fired anyway, and he gave a nice little middle finger to the McNair family there in, in, in Houston who owned the Texans and knew because he had a little smirk on his face after they won too. I'm telling you, he, they knew what they were doing. Well, a middle finger to the ownership after knowing that they're going to fire you anyway. But it had major repercussions for the Bears, who now are the number one overall pick. You know, the, the Colts actually, by losing, it helped the Colts too. You know, in terms of yeah. being able to trade, because the, the Colts were never going to be able to trade with the Texans for the number one overall pick. Now the Colts could trade with the Bears for the number one overall pick. So it had major repercussions. It moves the needle across the board. Also, I think just pre-draft take before it's here in Kansas City. Yeah. In a couple of months, the Bears would be idiots to actually make that selection. They should trade down. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. Tra- I don't care twice? how great trade you twice, think. man. I don't care how great you think Will Anderson is. Yeah, I'm with you. Trade down. Whoever's picking it, one train to use, taking a quarterback. Two's taking a quarterback. Someone will probably trade up to three to take a quarterback. Just Will Anderson might be available to you at four or five. That's it. I don't care what you're doing. The last team to trade from the number one overall pick trade down got two first, two seconds, and two thirds. Are you you're too good for that? I don't think so. The Bears are in a great spot. Trade. I think they can trade down twice. I think you. Let's say the Colts trade up. You you could trade from the Colts spot back again. Why not? If you're Ryan Poles. You're still in this rebuild right now. You think you got the quarterback at least, but you got all kinds of cap space. Why not add a couple more draft picks and really transform this thing and, and have people thinking the Bears can be a wild card team next year? Like, I don't think it's that crazy. I was between a lot. I think one of my favorite moments from a Chiefs perspective, though, is Brandon Staley looking like an oh, idiot. Oh, man. Looking like an idiot. We have question gold. Remember, we were talking about like we like Staley. He always said all the right things. But coming into this year, it's like, hey, man, you might want to start proving some stuff. And then they find themselves in the middle of a postseason. They're going to get to go play in a playoff game. Got to 10 wins, right? Could have had 11, but they, you know, they didn't look good against Denver in a week 18 game that notably they were trying to win, but notably meant nothing. <laughs> they were trying to win. Though. Here's the problem. They were trying to beat Denver and they got maybe their number one or number two wide receiver injured in the process. One of their other star players who'd already been hurt this year and Joey Bosa was also nicked up in the game. Herbert, who had been hurt for parts of the season, oh, he's healthy now, was playing into the third quarter. What are you doing, Brandon? That was the clearest sign I ever need that Kansas City is so far and away the best coach team, best coach team in this division. It's not particularly close. He's Hackett was a joke. We don't know who they're going to go. McDaniel stinks. And now I got huge questions about Staley's ability to do this job because he can't even get very simple things right. I, I just didn't understand it whatsoever. Plans, I don't think there's any excuse for it. It's one thing if you want to have Herbert and company out there for a drive or so. 
because the game of the one you were watching, the Ravens and Bengals, it was right before your game started. I get it. If, if you told me Herbert and Allen and company were playing for a drive, would have no problem. Nobody would have a complaint, I don't think. But why it took till the eight-minute mark for Chase Daniel to get in? Keenan Allen caught the touchdown inside of eight minutes, meaning Keenan Allen, while already losing your other receiver, he was still in the game. So it's like all the way around. It's like we only have no so many sense. players to play. I'm like, I would rather you play. You put on wow. a jersey right now and try to go catch a pass. You can at least just that pull would be a, just your starting quarterback, man, at bare minimum. Run the wing tee. You're like, well, I don't have enough wide receivers. Fine, just run the All ball. Right. Literally, so, it doesn't matter. I know you guys are going to gang up on me for this, but both of you guys, I watch. I'm always watching what you guys are doing over the weekend, and I saw That's both creepy. of you guys, yeah, um, wherever you're at, I'm there Weird. watching you. I don't like the way you're saying <laughs> it. And what both of you guys uh, said at the end of the Chiefs game yeah. What, you guys both shared your displeasure that Patrick Mahomes was still in the game. And Cody specifically, yeah. I have come at you for this on, on many occasions, that you are the king of taking Mahomes out of any game, taking all the starters out of any game that the Chiefs are I up by said two that touchdowns. In weeks. Okay, I think but you shouldn't say it at all. My really. tweet came after the Chiefs had the lead and Mahomes took a low hit. And they're like, all right, that's it. Get him out. That was what my tweet was in reaction. Just let hey, just let him play. We can't we can't uh, wrap these dudes in bubble wrap. Just You're let him idiot. play football. You're an idiot if you think I'm Justin not, Herbert should be playing. I'm game. not an idiot. You're an idiot I'm, if you think Mike Williams should be I'm playing. I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. Under what guys? Not GPA. Oh, you barely whoa, got through college, is what you said. Yeah, because I was too wow. busy partying. All right, <laughs> that doesn't make you sound smarter. <laughs> I'm street smart. You have no street smarts. You have none. Oh, here we go. I don't care which level of smart it is. You shouldn't have kept the players in the game. Look, you occasionally uh, are critical of me, which is fair. I'm like, when I'm really wrong on a take, you're an idiot for this take. Those players had no business being on the field. Mahomes you should have been called, out in the okay. fourth quarter. All right. And Mike Williams had no name business calling? being You want to get into name calling? Because you, you were name calling all weekend, too. At the end of that Texans game that Dude, we just bitch. talked about, you responded with, quote, idiots. Yes, when you saw that the Texans won the game, your yeah, response was idiots. Yeah. Who's the idiot? Mostly just mostly <laughs> just anybody who allowed this to happen. Lovey Smith, so Smith's an idiot if for you're winning fire, that game. If you are going to fire Lovey Smith, Nick Casario should have gone out of the field like, you can either kneel this or I'm going to fire your ass before this game's Nick over. Nick Casario's getting fired, too. <laughs> he's also getting idiot. fired. <laughs> well, he's an idiot because he hired Lovey no, Smith only you know, to fire the biggest him. idiot is you. <laughs> oh, man. Gold, you're just going to stay out of this. I was I was enjoying looking at some old drops. I played the, the one where you called him a bitch. So I don't remember what it was. He was threatening to punch me or something. I don't know what the context was. Do it, bitch. The hundredth time. Yeah. No, Constant yeah. threats. Never I know. I don't remember the context, unfortunately. <laughs> what was your favorite moment this weekend, Nick? My favorite moment was last night. Watching Dan Campbell. the Lions just stick it to the team that has been kicking their ass for the past decade. For no other reason than wanting to stick it to the team that's been kicking their ass for the past decade. They were eliminated before that game even began. And the fact that they treated it like it was still a playoff clinching game was so awesome to me. And I don't know how many coaches can convince their team to do that. And I think that speaks to, A, Dan Campbell, but B, the culture that he has instilled in Detroit. I don't know how good they're going to be next year because if they still have Jared Goff at quarterback, yeah. I think there's a ceiling on on your potential. But I love what he has built in two years. He has turned them into actually believing that they can be winners, which is tough to do I, for Detroit because we haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, well, three, four-win team last year? Four? Four, yeah. I think, yeah. 
And I'll give them credit. Look, we all, when we all heard that introductory press conference two years ago, we were like, oh, we're like, this, we're like, this, it, this, yeah. it, thinking of idiot, we're like, this idiot. <laughs> and to, to their credit and his credit, he obviously, I mean, this won nine games with the Detroit freaking Lions with Jared Goff as his yeah. quarterback. And, and he got I, a better I, plan of Jared Goff than pretty much. I agree with Nick, Rams though, got. where it's, you know, next year, basically, you know, expecting playoffs, right? Understood, understandably. But there is still the concern that, like, are you getting the same Jared Goff next year? They've got a high draft pick as well. Do you go and just build up the defense more? I don't know what their cap situation is out there. I mean, they have, obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown's fantastic, but do you believe that Jared Goff can have the same type of season? Because it's going to take that. Let's not forget this team, you know, they finished strong. They were still at one point looking like they were headed for the number one overall pick. They're one in five or something to start the year? Maybe even like but this, one this, six or this team, but I, I'll give them that because they never threw it in. And it would have been easy for a Lions team, for an organization that has never been good, like it would have been, or hasn't been good in a really long time, it would have been easy to just be like, we're just going to mail this in. Right? You, you, know what's, you know what's interesting about the Lions? They finished the regular season ranked fifth in points scored in the NFL. Matt Stafford only did that one time. Hmm. Only did it one time. Well, their OC, ben, I think it was Ben Johnson or whatever. is. He's going to get a job soon. Yeah, he's going to get some looks. He did a great job with that offense. That's why I wonder if I mean, they will just run it back with Goff again next yeah. year and just say, you know what? We may not be able to win the Super Bowl with this guy, but we're going to the postseason. Let's, we're gonna build, let's build on what we already have going as opposed to taking a step back, trying to bring in a rookie quarterback. I think they like the way that he's The division might be weird. Rodgers is out here keep Jersey in this game last night. Maybe he's yeah, thinking so. about not being in Green Bay, and you can never believe year to year the Vikings. Yeah. That was my favorite graphic of the entire weekend, people doing the – Hey, if one score games were flipped in the result, mm-hmm. what would every team be? And the Vikings would be one in fifteen. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you flipped <laughs> one score games for every team in the NFL, the Vikings the way, would be the worst the way, team in the you NFL. Wouldn't somehow. Do, you wouldn't want to do that if you were the Chiefs either. They'd I be believe, the six I, or seven seed. They would fall to like a nine-win team or eight-win yeah. team. Yeah, but that defense is bad. So if I'm if I'm Dan Campbell, I'm saying, you know what? No, like. Jared Goff got us on the cusp of the playoffs. Let's go and build. Let's let's fix this defense because we still got a lot of holes over there. Yeah, and Jamal Williams, the running back, just broke Barry Sanders' record. <laughs> like that's how good the offense is. Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders' record for rushing touchdowns. Barry set that record in 1991. Nobody had had more than Barry did rushing uh, touchdowns, and Jamal Williams had two last night and, and broke the record. By the way, I'm just going to state now that I'm not going to care that people talk about these records being broken, even though it's an extra game. I don't care. Yeah, right. There was 14, then there's 16, now there's 17, eventually the 18. I don't care. You break <laughs> it, cool. Good for you. <laughs> I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here to really fight the 16 versus 17 game, Mark. I, it feels like too much work, right? To care well, I about think that. what it will do is just, I think we'll just stop talking about the records as much. That's what happened in That's probably fair. baseball. The second like, steroid year and the asterisk stuff dude, also happened, people stopped caring about numbers as much honest, in baseball. Be honest. If Mahomes would have set the single-season passing record on Saturday, would we even be talking about it today? I mean, he did set the single-season record for most yardage in a season, rushing and passing combined. And, okay, I, and, then, and then nobody cares. And it did not come up on this show, except for the time Mahomes talked about it on the press yeah. conference for I think here when we talk seconds. about Mahomes, it's in yeah, Nick, it's it's probably because also the MVP award seems even bigger than it's ever been. Like in general. I feel like yeah. we talk about the MVP award in the NFL more. And maybe maybe I'm biased because now we just talk about more because you got a guy now that can win it every year. Sure. That's probably what it is too. But th- we don't talk about the the stats as much as it is, oh, is he doing enough to win like is he doing enough to do uh, to, to win an MVP. So, like, we use the yardage, but we, we usually end up talking about the MVP Well, instead. in the NFL, the numbers have never mattered as much, so just give them their credit when they break old records. 
Like, if Jarek McKinnon's going to be the first guy to have nine receiving touchdowns since Marshall Falk, then cool. That yeah. sounds good. I don't care how many games it took. Someone says from the text line, Detroit should go get Baker Mayfield. Why? To Jared downgrade Go- a quarterback? Jared Goff is better than Baker Mayfield, guys. If you had said, like, I mean, who's Derek Carr? I mean, aren't they kind of, like, the same? Derek Carr would be a slight upgrade, but not off of what Goff did this year. I mean, what Goff did this year, he was a top 10, 11 yeah. quarterback. I, I think, think Derek Carr would be a step back. If you're not going... He's not going to take the shots downfield. If you don't go golf, you just got to draft one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really where Detroit is. Either go draft a quarterback and hope that you get a significant upgrade or just stick with what you got and try to be better everywhere else. And you're in the NFC. You can be a different level of quarterback and get through the NFC if What's you got Goff's, anything else in pace. Uh, I was looking at his contract. Okay, so next year, a cap hit's only $30 million bucks. By quarterback standards? Yeah. It's not that they can much. cut them and say and, and have ten million dead cap, but again, I don't think they're going to do that. I'm pretty sure that if you cut Jared Goff, somebody else would pay him thirty million dollars. Absolutely, so you probably ought to consider that. And I don't even know if that's his cap. Twenty nine years old. Like the the thing about like if you go to Spot Track or over the cap, that might not be factoring in anything the Rams are paying. Fair enough. That Fair might enough. just be his NFL cap hit, not his cap hit as it relates to the Detroit. Lions. I don't know if that's continued through the entire contract. I don't know if that was just a one or two year thing. I don't no. know. If, I don't know if that yeah, that might know. already be done. But Depends. yes. It was worth it for everybody, right? I mean, Stafford got his ring. They got the ring, and, and the, Lions the Lions are better off. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where it did make sense for both sides. Now the Rams Get are going to pay the price. Pick. The Rams are going to pay the price, of course, for going all in, but it was worth it because they won a ring, and now they're going to be bad for three or four years. It's the same way the Bucks, when Brady leaves, we already saw it happen this year, the Bucks have major cap problems too. They're going to be really bad for a couple. They sold their soul. It worked. They got they got a Super Bowl. If you win the Super Bowl, who cares? Yeah. No, I'm, I mean I'm dead. I'm not even critical of what they did. It's just now now the repercussions are gonna. You have to cash that part of it. Unfortunately. Yeah, you will. And over again, I think teams would still make that. That's why we were asking that question at the time. Like, is that the new method? Is the method to completely not concern yourself with the future? But the only reason that makes sense is if you got an old quarterback. That's what's always been so fascinating about the Packers. They have never made that jump. They have never just said, screw it. Let's just do anything we can in this exact moment to win as much as we can f- right now. Let's just go for a title. Final word. Just gave up. What's your final score prediction for the championship game? Ooh, that? that's good. That's a good question. Um, let's see. I got Bam. It's out of the score here. So I think TCU covers against Georgia. TCU's 13 and a half point dogs. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it is a 38, 38, 28. 38-28? Yeah. And that might be a little too low scoring, honestly. I'm going to go 40-31. Yeah. I also think yeah. they cover, but I think Georgia wins. I'm probably a little low on my point total I'll say there. 42-35. So we all think they're – oh, seven-point game. So we all think they're covering, though. Okay. Yeah. I'll take them. I'll take I didn't tell scores. you who I think is going to win, though. I, I, I know that you Wait, think. who is it? Georgia? Spoiler. Nick's going with Georgia. Dang it. He ruined it. Sorry, man. <laughs> I apologize. Don't forget to drive this exclusive conversation with Patrick Mahomes coming up at 2.15. We're back at it tomorrow right here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app.